1: Great to be back with you folks we're always excited about this we're on podcast number 291 with me as always my friend my co-host my fellow knucklehead inspector knucklehead advisor uh inspector of all things knuckleheadedness stephanie Wesco. stephanie what's going on
2: well good morning doug i am um doing doing well this morning i'm enjoying beautiful weather birds singing um i'll be glad when i can get out and walk again but for now where i am i'm you know i'm thankful for all the lord's done for me
1: the lord's been really good to me too my friend and i'm thankful for that as well thanks for sharing that now you just had a birthday now you have another birthday coming up so your birthday is may but the next birthday in your household in the stephanie westco house uh is joseph so how old is joe gonna be
2: he is going to be 13.
1: whoa i'm probably gonna buy him clothes or something he's into clothes now he's
2: yeah
1: he's into real cool real cool yeah yeah i'll probably load him up with cool stuff because i'm his cool make-believe uncle and Mm -hmm. uh, so there there we are so uh you might be a knucklehead if so here's a cool thing so the creator, the, the emphasis, the person who uh, caused the knucklehead moment to happen. We talked about our former missionary to Mexico down there and all those South American countries for 25 years, Lynn Norton and her sweet husband. But anyway, she's the one who talked about us saying knucklehead a lot. So we made a knuckleheaded moment just for her. And uh, she just sent Stephanie and I Uh, What could be a knuckleheaded moment? What could a knucklehead could look like? So Stephanie's turn, but she's actually using one uh, from Sister Lynn Norton. So Stephanie, I'll go ahead and read it. You might be a knucklehead if.
2: You might be a knucklehead if you seek empathy and compassion, yet you never offer any yourself.
1: There we go, Sister Norton. That's what I'm talking about. A knucklehead moment like no other, only the creator only the creator can come up with one like that of the segment but uh, right. but you You're know okay. what how many people have you met like that stephanie they want you to empathize with them they want you to feel bad for them i mean okay. you and i know that that one person we were working with that she yeah. wanted us constantly to give her empathy and stuff but she was a yeah. total knucklehead so i mean this could we have somebody we can apply this to right now yep
2: More and than uh, one
1: person. i can think of <laughs> handfuls of people like this so, yeah. so friends, here's the point. Here's what we got to get out of that knuckleheaded moment: is this, everybody deserves your empathy and respect. They do, but you got to you got to give it to them. Not only do we want to give you empathy when you're going through junk and we feel bad for you, everybody's a victim. Stephanie, have you picked up on that? And well,
3: everybody's going
2: through junk, and you either choose to be an energy giver or an energy taker.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're either a fun sucker or a fun taker. Well, that means the same thing. You're either a fun sucker or a fun giver. See, I'm not necessarily the best at this, but uh, I do know what I meant to say. It's just my brain is foggy. And uh, yeah,
2: that makes me feel better.
1: And Stephanie feels good about that. Now, Psalm 80 is a big one and we're trying. We looked at it. As we did our usual research, and Stephanie's going to go ahead and read this for us today as my throat continues to act like a throat of somebody who walked in there. There's like a hundred species of flowers just on my street where I walk every morning, and those bad boys are all in my nose and stuff. I may have to pull out my Flonase nasal spray to help along my allergy medicine, but we're in Psalm number 80 today, and Stephanie's going to go ahead and read that for us.
2: All righty. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, shine forth. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up thy strength and come and save us. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long wilt thou be angry against the prayer of thy people? Thou feedest them with the bread of tears, and givest them tears to drink in great measure. Thou makest us a strife unto our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou preparedst room before it and didst cause it to take deep root, and it filled the land. The hills were covered with the shadow of it, and the boughs thereof were like the goodly cedars. She sent out her bows unto the sea and her branches unto the river. Why hast thou then broken down her hedges, so that all they which pass by the way do pluck her?' The boar out of the wood doth waste it, and the wild beast of the field doth devour it. Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts, and look down from heaven, and behold and visit this vine. And the vineyard, which thy right hand hath planted in the branch that thou madest strong for thyself, it is burned with fire, it is cut down, they perish at the rebuke of thy presence. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, upon the son of man whom thou madest strong for thyself so will not we go back from thee. Quicken us, and we will call upon thy name. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved.
1: Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this verse, there's a lot going on, so we know that we're talking about the northern kingdom of Israel and Samaria and that area there. Uh, it was taken captive by Assyria. We're still dealing with uh, Joseph's sons and Joseph's brother. I mean, this is there's still a lot going on here, Stephanie. That that carries on. This particular story is he's begging for the northern kingdom. He wants things to be right. He's worried about Israel. He's worried about these different things. And in those first verses, you went through those first three where he's saying, "Save us, save our flock. Is give ear, O shepherd of Israel." Thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, uh, the cherubim, the cherubim shine forth before Ephraim, which is the capital city right now, even though the temple is still at Jerusalem, and Benjamin and Manasseh, steer up thy strength and come and save us. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine that we shall be saved. We saw almost that identical verse twice he's begging for this land to be saved he's begging for these people to be saved he's begging for them to serve god in those first three verses and that's kind of a cool thing when you beg for your nation when you beg Mm. for your peoples that's kind of a cool thing i mean what what do i mean i mean what do we get from these first three verses what's our role with our nation
2: well i mean there's a verse that's repeated i think it's three times I yeah. was just looking through it. I think it's three times that verse 3 is um, reiterated. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Um,
1: then verse 7, and then the end verse. Yeah, 19.
2: To, yeah. to constantly be coming back to God over and over and over with that cry. And to be turning ourselves toward, you know, we we can't. Obviously, we know that God is you know the source of all that is good he's the source of all that is godly and we can't save ourselves we can't cleanse ourselves it has to be god doing that work in our hearts and i think that's what david's crying out for is god work in my heart yeah cause your fine and he's crying that out for his people as a whole and that we would cry that out as god's people for each other as for our brothers and sisters in christ for our churches because that's until that happens, until the church gets right with God, the nation isn't going to get right with God. We can't expect people who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ to turn to him and to want him when they don't see him being reflected, when they don't see his love, his joy, his peace, his long suffering, his goodness, his meekness, his gentleness being reflected in our lives. And... I think that's what I get when I look at those verses is the cry of Lord, you're sending judgment and we're crying out to you that you would turn us back to you, that you could, that you your hand of judgment would be pulled back and that your hand of blessing would be restored.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've lost to Assyria. We're in trouble. Uh, Give us your hand back, Lord, save us from these things. And, uh, I, that's what I'm seeing, too. And, uh, in, in, you know, 4 through 7, I mean, just continuing on. It's like have pity on us or something. It's, O Lord God of hosts, how long will thou be angry uh, against the prayer of thy people? Thou feedest them with the bread of tears. Give us them tears to drink in great measure. Thou makest us a strife unto our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, that, me way may, that, or little, little, that we may we shall be saved. And, and so just have pity on us, God. I mean, we've lost our northern kingdom. Our Syria is here. Crazy things are going on. It's more like what you were just talking about, Stephanie. It's, it's that same thing as uh, we can't get out of this without you, God. How in the world are we going to get out of this? You know, and uh, I think that's I think that's real. I think we're seeing that and but, you know, then it gets real tricky from here, though, Stephanie, it goes from eight all the way down to 19. I just drew some circles and made some things. But it's like, you know, we need our vine. We need to be hooked up to you. We need, you know, uh, thou has brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou has cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou preparest room before it. Thou didst cause it to take deep root and it filled the land. Thou hills are, are covered uh, with the shadow of it. Uh, the bows thereof were like the godly cedars. Uh, she sent out her bows unto the sea and her branches unto the river. Why hast thou then broken down the hedges so that all they uh, which pass by the way do pluck her? The boar out of the wood doth waste it. The wild beast of the field doth devour it. Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and behold and visit this vine in the vineyard which thy right hand hath planted in the branch that thou madest strong for thyself. It is burned with fire. It is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of, the, of thy continence. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand upon the Son of Man, whom thou madest strong for thyself. So will not we go back from thee, quicken us, and we will call upon thy name, turn us again, O Lord God of hosts, for the third time. Cause thy face to shine, that we may be saved. You know, what does the vine do, Stephanie? What what is, throughout Scripture, what is the vine? The
2: vine is who Jesus Christ is when you look at John 14 we learn all about that he is the vine we are the branches and um that's in the New Testament the who who Jesus represents himself as is the vine and I think here we're looking at the vineyard talking about Israel um and the branch that thou made is strong for thyself that branch also referring to Israel that the vineyard, the branch, all of this, as Asaph says, it was made strong for himself, and now it's burned with fire, it's cut down. In other words, pruning is happening, judgment is happening, perhaps um, the people are being destroyed, and Asaph sees that as God trying to work.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we got this idea when you have a vine, thing grows through it. We got to remember Israel was growing like crazy. You know, prior to this, I mean, Israel was a united kingdom with Judah, and and you know the the vine, God's word, being the growth was crazy. It was all over the place, and exactly what you're saying. And uh, uh, man, we we've got a responsibility. You know, we need the vine. We need His chosen son. We we took and we planted. You know, Canaan became Israel. We were transplanted out of Egypt. Uh, but we took the vine with us. We had God growing in us. We were moving out. I, I mean, that's kind of how I'm thinking this is going and we've got a responsibility to, you know, the David's dynasty and the Davidic dynasty, I guess they would call it. I'm looking for notes and I'm not seeing them very good, but the the final refrain introduces a name for God borrowed from the verse, O Lord God of hosts. So going there, Jehovah is talking to God, Jehovah, talking about the son of God in here. And, Uh, The psalmist appealed to the covenant for God to be faithful, for God to bring these things back. And, you know, I I think there's no better way to pray than to pray God's Word and to have the knowledge that Israel's going to live, that Israel's going to be all right, but we just want to get there now. I think maybe the best way to pray is to pray with God's words. You know, our words really don't mean a whole lot. When we pray, we're not praying, you know, to say, hey, this is your kingdom, this is your dynasty, this is... This is your everything. And we need your help. Let your face shine on us again. And now we remember the face shined. Uh, we remember that in the Pentateuch. We remember, remember Moses' face just from being around God.
3: Yes,
2: it shown. It's shown with his presence. Um, his life reflected Jesus Christ. in the old, you know, reflected Jehovah because he had spent so much time with him to the point where he had to put a veil over his face so that he wouldn't um, blind, so to speak, the children of Israel when he came off that
1: mountain. Yeah. I had a buddy of mine that should have wore a veil over his face, but not because of shining. But anyway, uh, yeah, that was pretty bad, but we want God's face to shine. So the implication of his face shining is salvation. So the implication of God being close enough or, or doing enough that his face is shining amongst his people, to to the to Asaph here, to the psalmist, to what's going on, is an implication of salvation. It's an implication of salvation, saving them from the enemy. It's an implication of salvation, saving their souls. Uh, there's a there's a messianic uh, mention here of Christ, the true vine, the living vine. You talked about that adequately out of John. And uh, so so I guess, Stephanie, as you read through this, was there anything that stood out that these folks are doing in Psalm 80 that's gonna make God's face shine?
2: Yeah, I think I think just coming to that point of humbling yourself before the Lord. When we look at James, we have a New Testament example of we're told to humble ourselves. Um, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt us in due time, casting all of our care upon him for he careth for us to be sober, to be vigilant. Um, James has so much wisdom for how we can do this in the new Testament age, that point of just putting ourselves, you know, coming before the Lord, putting ourselves at his feet and saying, Lord, I'm humbling myself before you. I belong to you. And, would you use me? Would you shine through me that I could make a difference for you? And I think, I think that's what Asaph is wanting. He's wanting to see God work. Um, verse 18. So will not we go back from Thee? quicken us and we will call upon thy name. Um, and then again, he ended it with turn us again, O Lord, God of hosts, cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. Um, I think there's just a point in which Until we come to that point of, Lord, I belong to you, no other relationship in the world matters as much as my relationship with you. Nothing else matters as much as you, as loving you, as serving you. Until we come to that point, we're not going to see the God that ASAP is wanting to see. We're not going to see that God that is moving, that is working, that is answering prayer, because we've blocked him off.
1: Yeah. Wow. Wow, and I I think so. You know, we blocked off God. So, but but there's hope. I mean, th- yes. there could be people listening to us today that's blocked off God, that's that shut them down, that's made those things go on. Uh, and uh, but but there's hope.
2: Yes, there's always when you turn to God. I love how um, Jesus said, "Ask." And it shall be given you, seek and ye shall find, knock and the door shall be opened. That same principle is given over and over and over again throughout scripture that when we seek the Lord with all of our hearts, He will be found of us. And um that, that hope that Jesus Christ gives, that He is a God of mercy, of grace, of compassion. And it's our choice. It's our choice what how we want to meet God. Do we want to bow the knee and and you know, we're humans. We're finite. The best of us is a sinner saved by grace that still has to go to the Lord, ask his forgiveness when we fail him, when we sin against him. But he's always there to take care of us. He's always there to meet our needs. And I think it's just an incredible thing to come to that point of when you get to know Jesus as your friend, when you can view him as your friend versus The one who's always chastising you because you're sinning against him when you when you turn to him as Asaph cried out that that they they would turn back to God when you know him as that friend and have that relationship with him, the sweetness that's there and the hope and the healing that's there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think I think we need we, we need to understand that we can't heal ourselves. I think we need to understand that we can be stuck in a rut as long as we're not approaching God. We can be stuck in a rut. We can be, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that uh, you know, perhaps, perhaps, Stephanie. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to track this psalm in such a way that that we can help people that find themselves in this situation. There are people listening to this podcast right now that are in Myanmar. There are people yes. listening that that have lost their kingdom. There are people listening to this podcast right now that are in Nepal. We have some uh, nationals there who write me all the time. There's people going through junk and they're saying, "How can we make God's face shine in us?" And I think Stephanie just gave us a great outline. We we we've got to somehow uh, seek out God in the midst of running, in the midst of hiding, in the midst of. Uh, trying to figure out how to stay safe. In the midst of all that, in the midst of our biggest trials, in the midst of our greatest loneliness, in the midst of our uh, our greatest failures, in the midst of our greatest successes, whatever the case may be, we're still looking for God's face to shine upon us. We're still looking as a nation, as the United States. I mean, our nation's in craziness right now. We have a 750% increase of kids on the border right now than just a month ago. Uh, we have China causing problems, Russia causing problems. I mean, uh, we're we're in we're in turmoil right now as a nation, and that we need to seek God's face so corporately. So I mean, we need accountability partners definitely, Stephanie. We need people that help us be accountable. Everybody should have someone they can call and say, "Hey, I'm having a bad day. Help me." I mean, everybody's got those people, right? Or they need those yeah. people
2: those people. I'm afraid not everybody
3: does, but everybody needs
1: them. So I don't know how we got there from this verse, but listen, you need a Paul in your life. You And, and you need to be, you know, you need to be a Paul uh, to some people. We all need to pay it forward. We need to move along. And and, and you need your church. More than anything, Asaph needed a church here, and it wasn't a church at that time. There was, a, you know, the, the temple, the tabernacle, Whatever. But there wasn't a church. There wasn't that local church that we're not supposed to forsake in the assembling. That church is so significant. It's this living uh, organism, right? And uh, it's it's something we need. And so folks, the practical side of all this is you got to make God's face shine. You need to be prayerful. You need to be serving. You need to be begging. You need to be doing what's right. You need an accountability partner to be praying with you. You need to, uh, can God win a whole nation? You bet he can. You need to have a church. You need to have your group. You need to be with your peeps. How do you want to close that before you go into song, Stephanie? Any closing thoughts?
2: I think just coming to that point of seek the Lord with all your heart and pray. Pray for your nation. Pray for your church. Seek the Lord's face and know that he says truth. If we draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to us. And, and,
1: yep, yep.
2: He's a God of hope and mercy and compassion when you're seeking him.
1: And pray for our nation and pray that prayer. Turn us again, O God, O Lord God of hosts, that Jehovah thing there. Uh, cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. What song do you have for us today, Stephanie?
2: Wow. Um, How about I do Living for Jesus?
1: Amen. Living for
3: Jesus, a life that is true, striving to please him in all that I do. glad-hearted and free this is the pathway of blessing for me O oh, Jesus Lord and Savior I give myself to thee for thou atonement didst give thyself for me i own no other master my heart shall be thy throne my life i give henceforth to live oh christ for thee
0: is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today.